Hey Internet, this is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. If you haven't noticed by that fancy title here, this is part two of our two-part Worlds Week 1 review. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one yet, that's where we go over uh, all of the things about this tournament in a whole, as a whole, like whether the gap is closing or not. Uh, we talk about groups A and B, so you're definitely going to want to listen to that before you continue on with part two. Uh, that said, if you have listened to part one already, keep on keeping on and enjoy part two as we break down groups C and D. The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. I think is an even more interesting group in my mind as far as the two and one, one and two groups than group B because I don't think anyone expected Edward Gaming to to fall off as quickly as they did. Day one, it took one day to get to the point where suddenly EDG lost a game to a wildcard region. Should we be worried about this? Is, is this? Oh, absolutely not. No. No. No worry. None. Because they took they took care of business the other two days. They looked great the other two games. I think this was classic Chinese sandbagging. They didn't respect their opponents, and Revolta and Yang just played out of their absolute minds and had about as perfect a game that you could ever want from a wildcard team against a top three team in the world. And then guess what? They crushed AHQ and they crushed H2K. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They, they, they crushed them. Like, they crushed those two teams. It wasn't that close. So, no, I'm not worried about them. They're still a top four team in the world for me. I mean, certainly they're a top four team in the world. We had them top two when we did our preseason, when we did our, our, our pre-Worlds preview, I should say. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that there are, I mean, because c- the flaw that jumps out to me is that Clear Love still does not gank for the top lane. Yep. I, I think that that killed them against INTZ. I think it severely handicapped them against AHQ. I, I think that had AHQ not been so thoroughly dominated in the bot lane, it would have been a different game. And even then, it was closer than EDG probably wanted it to be. Uh, certainly, H2K had no way of attacking the top lane because EDG created the impressive strategy. It's my favorite strategy in the entire tournament is they just realized, like, look, we cannot convince Clearlove to gank top so let's just pick a mid laner that roams to the top lane. Just do it. Just just get a roaming mid laner and he'll go top, and that way Mouse gets some help and everything's okay. And and that's what they did. And it worked. And I, I think that version of the team is the version that we should see going forward. Do you like Scout for, for all the reasons I just named, or do you think that Pawn is the guy they're going to ultimately go with? I, I think I need to go with Scout. I think Pawn is just a little too predictable in his play style. His roaming is not very strong. He is very much a, I want to sit in lane and be lane dominant and deal with my, my lander 1v1, maybe 2v2. Um, I think you need to go with Scout because you do have such a deficiency with Clear Love that he does not want to go top lane at all. Uh, the joke on Twitter was, I think it was the AHQ game, where he started ganking for Mouse in the bot lane. It was like, oh, well, that's why he's ganking for Mouse. It's because Mouse went to the bot lane. So, hey, if that's what they need to do, Fine, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think it is definitely a deficiency with Clear Love that he doesn't gank top. It seems really, really bizarre, especially considering where the meta is right now. But this, this has always been his MO. Clear Love is going to play his style no matter what's good in the meta or anything. Like, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. And teams can abuse that by going after the top laner more. Um, but then EDG just needs to play safer. You can't play Aurelia if, you know, you're never, ever going to go top and protect him. Uh, so 
I'm I'm not worried. It's a deficiency, but EDG has shown throughout the course of the Chinese regular season, the Chinese playoffs, and now here at Worlds, that it's something they can play around. And the one loss that they have is kind of fluky. It was against INTZ, and they just did not respect them. And INTZ showed this is how you beat EDG, and AHQ and H2K are just like, yeah, but that's not how we play. So, I, for, first sorry. Of all, I think the lovely folks over at EDG would love for you to put their logo up on the stream because I think you've still got Cloud9 on there. Oh, that's right. I, 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 as pretty as Cloud9's logo is, I do think that that Edward Gaming deserves some... You know, they, they have a nice kind of black and silver. I like their silver. logo. Yeah, they've got like the Raiders vibe to them, you know, as far as the jerseys go. I can dig it. Um, but but looking deeper at this, you know, I do think that at the end of the day, uh, Scout had a lot more synergy with the team that it looked like Pawn did. I think that Pawn is individually an incredibly talented player. I don't think anyone can deny that. I think that his, you know, his ability to lane is incredibly effective. And mm. had they, you know, you, you look at the AHQ game, I think that was a closer game. Uh, I, I said that in our Twitch chat here, but I'll, you know, I'll say it for the lovely listeners at home as well. I think that that was a closer game than maybe you know you're letting on here but it was closer because he didn't lane against Westor he lane against Chawi who can actually you know lane but at the end of the day you know Pawn can only punish a mid laner so much in lane and what we're finding more and more is that you know Mouse can be a potential weak link for this team and that's the concern that you have if you're looking at it from EDG's perspective he had an Aurelia game that looked you know, quite bad in that first game against INTZ. And then he had an Aurelia game against H2K that looked decent. He had plays that looked good. He had plays where you realize that he didn't really understand the limits of the champion. And they keep pushing it despite the fact that no one else is playing it. And I know, EDG, I am aware that you had a really good performance on it against Royal Never Give Up in the LPL Finals. It looked really nice. I enjoyed it then. I don't need any more of it now. I'm ready to move on from that particular meta choice. I think there's too many other good top laners here. So so for me, I think there are flaws with EDG. I think those flaws get shored up when they put Scout in and they let Scout roam top. They let Clearlove do what Clearlove does best, which is letting <laughs> Deft and Mako be the hard carries on this team. I mean... Let's face it. He's so good. Deft is the best AD oh, carry in the world. So good. That that oh. kill on Devander. I mean, people pointed <laughs> out like Vander never should have face checked that brush, but using the heel to get slightly past that enemy guy to get right in range to perfectly hit the grenade like that. That is something that 0.01% of people in this in this League of Legends community could even think about doing, let alone execute perfectly. And I mean, then they give up the double kill Diakos yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying that it went 100% of the way, but First Blood does matter, and Deft and Mako never looked back from that. And, and Forgiven and Vander never felt comfortable in lane after that. They, yes, they had Yanko gank, and that was nice, but from that point forward, yeah. it was an entirely different game. The tone of that game had changed. And Clearlove has the ability to do that in a way that few people can, you know, or, or I shouldn't say Clearlove, Deft has the ability to do that in a way that few people can't. Clearlove has the ability to enable that in a way that few people can't at this tournament. So that's why I like EDG. You know who else I like in this group, Walter? AHQ. And you have to say nice things about them because they're 2-1 right now. I don't have to say anything nice about AHQ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Okay, give me, your, give me all the reasons why you should not feel good about a 2-1 start in this group. I mean, it's just because the other two teams in this group are not great. That's what it comes down to. Oh. H2K is not... H2K is massively underperforming, and INTZ is a wildcard team that once they played one game, everyone's like, oh, okay, this is how you play, and then INTZ has refused to play that way ever since. I don't know. It's, it's really, it's really kind of strange. Maybe Yang can only play, play NAR, kind of like Impact. I don't know. I, just, I haven't seen anything out of AHQ that's super impressive. I mean, that's the thing. That that's the thing. Like you're asking me to say something nice about them. They've been the best out of the other three teams. How about there the fact that Zim is a top three top laner at this tournament, and it's not even close? Ziv been, there was the one moment where Ziv counters the two v one, and oh, he gets the two kills out of it, and that was that was great. That, that was, was a great play. But I there's that's been the only moment where I'm like, oh wow, AHQ is really good. There's never been a moment where I've been like, wow, this team is really really good and really deserves my respect. They've been consistent. They've been good enough to go two and one because the other two teams below them are garbage. 
I'm sorry, but Man. that they haven't done anything to super super impress. Westor hasn't been impressive. He's been okay. Westor. He's been deficient in painting. Yeah, he's been Westor, and I've seen Westor in play three times now. Yeah. Like Chawi was okay. <laughs> He and keeps Ellen, getting out of the group stage for a reason, though. You can't always say that it's luck that AHQ gets put in certain groups. It's not luck. It's consistency. Fine. They're being super consistent. Yeah. And I guess I should be impressed with that they get out of group stage again by being super consistent. But that doesn't change any opinion I have of them. It's H2, To me, it's H2K super underperforming. This I, is what I expected so, out of AHQ. First of all, you say they only had one moment. So we're just going to forget the moment where On has 0.25 seconds to flash out of the Baron pit and then kills Forgiven. And in turn goes gets excited and and wins the that's game. Luck. For, oh, that, that's luck. Oh come on, that's luck. We know we both know that if Forgiven had made the play and the roles were reversed, you would be talking about how he was God given, and you know it, and you know it. This is that was an amazing play by a guy that spent it, all of last it was, but it's showing, incredibly lucky. He, it's a tenth of a second. Yeah, guess reaction. what? He did it it's all the time lucky. last year at the World Championship on Jinx. He was the only person who's been able to make Jinx work at this tournament because the guy is a master on it. Talk about points. pocket picks. Yeah, and it was really good. It, there were a couple other teams that tried to bring it out later, and it really didn't work. You have to be. Very precise on Jinx because of the lack of mobility in her kit, and he nailed it. And he beat Forgiven in lane, and he beat Forgiven in team fights. And if you're going to give Forgiven praise for being this mechanical whatever, you have to give on the same amount of praise for the way that he was playing as a mechanical player. He and Ziv have been mechanical gods so far. And and you can say that you know maybe they're not playing the greatest teams you know as far as the group stage goes. They can only play the guys in front of them. And, every and they're play beating that, them. That's great. And, That's and, but they're I'm... more than beating them. They are crushing these teams that are underneath them. That H2K game, they outclassed H2K when the team fight phase rolled around. And in the laning phase, even with Westor being down in CS, they were still taking more towers, they were still roaming better, and they were still ahead in gold. And they and in INTZ, that was not a close game. You know, if we're going to give okay, credit I'm, for Albus, not Luna. Yeah, you know, they're second in the group. They've won two games. I don't know what more you want me to say. I'm not going to praise them for being some amazing team because they're going to get crushed in the first round I, of the quarterfinals. Like, uh, I don't know what you want me to say. They've not done anything that I'm like, holy crap, AHQ might make it to the semifinals. They've not done anything that makes me say that. Can, can someone in the Twitch chat please go find some tweets of Walter talking about some amazing Ziv and on plays? Because I know there are a few of them that he would like to hide right now. I need your help, because I can't go do it, because I have to finish this podcast. But I I don't know, man. I think... The, the, I, two, the, the 1v2 was, in, it was incredible by Ziv. You were absolutely right. And I think that the, the flash out of the Baron Pit is incredibly, incredibly fluky. And it, was, it, it, is an, it is an amazing reaction. It is amazing reaction time, but it is also incredibly fluky, because a tenth of a second in the other direction, that auto attack goes off and kills him. I... It's incredibly fluky, and you would say the exact same thing if Forgiven and nailed it. That's the difference. I've been saying nice things about Forgiven and Lane this whole tournament. I don't have the same prop. Like, I, I look. We, we're gonna have to move on. Uh, yeah, you, I. You, they're, they're, I don't want. I don't know what you want me to say. I, I, what I would love to hear is that they have one of the, you know. F- 20 best players in this tournament easily in Ziv because he is. And regardless of who you think he's playing against, he has gone up against top laners that we respected heading in. He crushed Yang. He crushed Oduamne, who was, you know, among the top, you know, he was third team all pro in Europe and he crushed Mouse. And, you know, say what you will about Mouse, he's had some issues, but he's not bad. On and Albus, you know, they hung in there. They they did, you know, against Deft and Mako. Deft and Mako did not crush them in lane when Deft and Mako have crushed almost everybody in lane going back to an undefeated LPL season. I th- I think that you're punishing their opponent, you know, the fact that they have the strength of schedule that they do and not giving them any credit for an EDG game that could have gone either way if a couple plays, you know, go in the opposite direction. See, I, think, I don't view that game like that at all. I mean, I it think, could not have gone either way. There was not enough damage on AHQ's roster to I, go either way. I think Mountain's a problem. I think Mountain is a, is a person that you look at, and if, if I'm going to criticize SKT, like, they don't have a carry jungler, AHQ doesn't have a carry jungler. Mountain is not a carry jungler. I'm amazed that his Nidalee worked as well as it did against INTZ, because I didn't think he could play it. I don't think any Taiwanese... I'm pretty sure Obscura could tweet it out, like... 
when did this happen? Like, how did we not know? Like, like the last time we saw yeah. it was so terrible. How did we get here? But yeah. I, I think that if you put them in any of the other groups, I think they're still a two and one caliber team. I do. I, I think if you put them in group B, they're two and one. I think if you put them in group D, that's maybe the only place where I think they're one and two. And it's only because I think group D is as strong as it is. I think they're two and one in group A. I, I think that regardless, I think that team has intrinsic strengths that that you are dismissing because the quality of opponent hasn't necessarily been there. But we're going to have to agree to disagree. I, on I'm going to I'm going to mark this conversation down yeah. because when when they get three would in the quarterfinals well, of the knockout stages, sure. this is I'm going to feel vindicated because it, they have not done anything for me to think that they are a threat to the top five teams in this tournament. Well, sure, but that doesn't mean that they're not a team that's going to get out of this group. You know, top eight is still a nice thing to be in, in the world championship. I have nice things to say yeah, about the like, top eight teams. Congrats, they I make have, top eight. I have, I, nice, I have nice things to say about the team we're going to talk about next, which is H2K. Like, like this is the difference between you and me. For you, it is either they can win worlds or they're crap. These are the best 16 teams in the league, you know, in the world. That's the whole idea of this tournament. I yep. think that that is un- unnaturally critical of this AHQ team uh, because because they're still a top eight team undoubtedly undoubtedly to me and that's and that's where we'll you see. and I we'll, we'll see we'll just, I, we need to move on because I, I don't have anything else to say about them they have not done anything to impress me that is all I can say they've had a couple plays where I'm like wow that's really good but other than that I'm still in the same exact spot with them that I was well that's that's fine I, I say through gritted teeth let's move on H2K I see you you say that the rest of this group is just that bad. What makes you think that H2K is is that bad? What's the difference between the god-given hopes that you had when you picked H2K to get out of this group and now you're, suddenly they're not good enough for HQ? You're saying Flash Worlds doesn't know how to end a game. This team doesn't know what to do after they take the outer towers. They are literally lost and this has been a problem that H2K has had forever and forgiven teams have had forever, they don't know what to do after they take towers. They don't know how to bait barons. They don't know how to bait dragons. They don't know how to break inhibitor lines unless, like, the enemy team decides, okay, well, I guess we'll come out of our base and fight you. Like, even though we don't need to, we'll come out and we'll fight you. This team does not know what to do after 25 minutes when they've taken out our towers. And the teams that are in this group are better late game teams than they are, with the exception of INTZ, which is why that's the first team that's that's the one team that's beaten him. As much as I don't want to give AHQ credit, Westor, while he's terrible in laning phase, he uh, switch turns at 25 minutes where all of a sudden it doesn't matter. He's caught up on farm. He's caught up on gold because he's getting kills from all of his roaming. You know they're not giving they're not giving an inch once it hits that certain line. They're telling H2K, okay, come take our tower. And H2K is going, oh, I don't know what to do. How do we get under? How do we get the tower? Like, I don't, I don't, uh, Donald Trump up here imitating people. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so yeah, I'm out. I'm out. HQ is getting out of this group. It's going to be EDG and it's going to be AHQ. See, I'm done. I'm done with Europe. Europe is awful this year. I'm done. I'm out. Europe looks bad. It is funny to me that H2K is the best looking team of this group. I, I, you know, I was low on on EU going oh, in. out of the European teams. Who I was like, wait, you just yeah. talked up AHQ and no. you're saying H2K is the best team in the group? Out of, out of the European teams, they are somehow <laughs> the best. That's that's where we are in the state of Europe. And you know, look, I I, I want to give some credit where credit is due. Ryu has tried to carry some games. His Vladimir, he tried so hard to 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 make some plays. Uh, it, it's so sad that people are just calling him that Korean mid laner that plays in Europe. Like that to me just breaks my heart, uh, given what his career has been and that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer whenever the Hall of Fame is inevitably built. Um, you know, to, to, to me, what we're learning is exactly what I was afraid of when we previewed this team, which is that I don't think that they know how to handle the pressure of these big game situations very well. I don't think Yankos' decision-making has been great. I don't think Forgiven has made substantial steps forward. To me, he is the third-best AD carry in this group, and that's something that we're not used to saying about Forgiven. Uh, Vander has made some really crucial mistakes, which have not helped Forgiven's case. Uh, it, it's a tough place for them to be in because all of these pieces are pieces that when they did well, they interconnected together. 
Yankos gets the gank off, which gets Odawamne resources. And Odawamne resources means he can teleport down to the bot lane, which allows Forgiven to grab some kills. And then Forgiven's kills means that they get put pressure and they get the first tower and then they snowball. It's this puzzle that has fit together whenever H2K does well. But, and this is something that we saw in the European semifinals and, and throughout, you know, H2K's performance, even in the regular season. When those puzzle pieces aren't fitting the way they should, they collapse. They don't have a backup strategy. They don't have, you know, like it's like if a computer crashes and didn't have the option to just, you know, restart or reboot. Like they don't have that. They just does not compute themselves until the game inevitably ends against them. And that's a huge problem. I mean, and that's something where, you know, we got to look at Prawley and I hate to say it, man, because this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. But Prawley is now at his second world championship. And this is the second year in a row where H2K looks like a mess of a team. And, you know, last year we said it was because they had a really difficult group. They had EDG and SKT. This year, they have INTZ, AHQ. It's a complete mess, you know, of a group in your eyes. That's what you, you seem to think. And if that's true then that really falls on Prawley that they're not able to take advantage of that. If, if you're convinced that AHQ is not a top eight team in the world, then the fact that you don't think H2K can even come close, you really got to reevaluate how you build this roster going forward because they imported so much talent. You know, they got the guys from Rocket that were supposed to be the talent powerhouses. They got the, you know, the Greek mastermind of the bot lane and they still aren't winning games on the big stage. And at some point, that's an infrastructure problem. That's an organizational problem. And we got to, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have big questions about it. Uh, I have fewer Great. questions about INTZ. I, I think the, we, we unfortunately, we spent so much time talking about me loving AHQ and you hating them that we have to wrap up INTZ quickly, which I know Brazilian fans will not be happy about, but... They haven't been happy since day one of the group stage anyway, so I guess they'll, you know, that's just how things are going to proceed. Do they have another way to win, Walter? Is there a chance that they come out with a second way to, to do things? We'll, we'll see. I mean, their first way was very obviously play NAR and, and play through Yang in the top lane, and they have not done that since then because NAR has been banned out and revolted just as a wall has been built between the jungle and the top lane. He doesn't want to go top lane, and the one time he did, they got a, a, two, a 1v2 turned around on them. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what their path to victory is anymore unless they find something interesting. Um, maybe hoping that enemy junglers uh, are cursed by Broken Shard and they die to their own buffs. Um, I'm not sure, but but as, as fun a story as the day one was, um, I don't think they're a threat to get out. Maybe right. there's a chance they take a game off of H2K and really just solidify that H2K isn't a good team and isn't going to get out of this. It doesn't stand a chance of getting out of this group. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a nice story that they beat EDG. I just think they unfortunately uh, they 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 gave up their secrets. Now everybody knows what they're good at. So I mean, was it we'll a see. secret given that that was the way they got to this tournament in the first place? Like Young's Nar should not be a secret. That was literally game five against Leon Gaming. That's how they got here. Young single-handedly, I mean, it was on Shen at the time, but he single-handedly got them to this spot. He has been yeah. the guy that makes the difference. And that's not to say that Revolta isn't great. Revolta's a great jungler. Personally, I think that both Young and Revolta are import-worthy. I think as individual players, you put them in a North American infrastructure or even the one, some of the best European infrastructure, I think those guys can become stars. I think they are individually incredibly talented. That said, they're, they're, they're matched with three guys in Talkers, Macau, and Jockster that just kind of pulled them back. It's, it's tough. I, I, I like the personalities. I like Talkers. I love the interview they did with him after game one. I, I love the team and the energy they put out there. Emily Rand has spent so much time letting us know this team, and it's been wonderful to read. I, I genuinely, they're a team you want to see successful, and Brazilian fans are so passionate. They're a region that you want to see successful. However, it's just not going to happen 
when your eighty carry has the positioning skills of a guy like me. Like that's just not you know, he's been picked off so many times, you know, it's 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 been a mess. Uh Jockster is just not roaming the way that he was, you know, it com- you know, in some of these wildcard tournaments, the three man roams just aren't nearly as effective when they're not getting Yang on champions that can freely roam the way they want. I don't know, man. It it's tough. It's it's really tough unless talkers can play Aurelian Soul. That's the only way I see it. Is you do the three man roam with an Aurelian Soul, you know, put Revolta on Lee Sin or Nidalee or whatever hard carry, you know, an Elise, whatever hard carry jungler you need, and get Jockster and you just three man roam everywhere all the time you're you're really giving Takus a lot of credit that he knows how to play aurelian soul i'm not saying he does i'm saying that is the only path i can come up with and maybe they surprise us at, at this world's really i mean you know we'll say this right like you talk about like yeah i'm not sure about the flash wolves or ahq or or you know even you know me having some doubts about cloud nine or you know some of these other teams but like albus knox went two and one if if at any time we were gonna have a tournament where we said who knows? Like, who knows if talkers can pl- pull out an Aurelian soul? I certainly don't. I didn't think that INTZ was going to win a game in this group, given that I thought that H2K was at least going to be good enough. But, you know, here we are. And if they can pull off a win against EDG, they can pull off another win in this group. And they can get to the 2-4 and four that's become, you know, that, that would match the Brazilian mark from last year that they set for themselves as a, gui- as a guideline. And we'll see if they get there. I, I personally, I don't have high hopes. I don't it's, have high don't hopes either. But happen. but H two K looks vulnerable enough. It's in play. And if you look at the order in which those games are going to be played, and they are playing on uh, Wednesday, or sorry, it's not Wednesday. That would be that would be Friday. really that would be really soon. They're playing on Friday. Friday. They play EDG first. They play HQ, and. They play H2K last, and that could be an H2K is already eliminated and we don't care anymore, and Forgiven spent the last three hours yelling at his teammates because they blew a game that they could have won against AHQ or EDG, and the team's just done, and they have these personalities that are all known for being very fiery personalities, and it's not just Forgiven for the record. Yankos has that reputation as well, and the team just implodes in on itself and INTZ gets a second win. That is also in play. So we'll find out. It's going to be interesting to watch. I, that's Group C. I think it's time to move on to Group D. I think this is the group that, I mean, obviously you've got to be most excited to talk about because if you guys think that I'm drinking Kool-Aid on the LMS, we have our resident TSM fan, a guy who has been with the team since hashtag Baylife really meant something back in the day. A guy that deeply understands the history of Rain Man and his impact on the League of Legends stage. Walter, take the stage. I, you know, how do you think that TSM is doing so far and where do you see him going for the next week? So I feel like part of it really depends on how much of the Kool-Aid you're drinking on Lee Dukeson is sick and how much that's really impacting it. From the interview that he had uh, on stage, he does not sound very good, and there's been like discussions that a lot of players are actually sick at this event. And welcome to San Francisco, where you wake up and it's 80 degrees out, but there's such a thick layer of fog, it really feels like it's 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely great. It's a great, great city. So a lot of people are sick. I think it does have an impact on TSM because they are so reliant on, on Bjergsen as a shot caller. Um, so having him not feel great obviously is, is, is hindering them. Uh, it's putting some undue pressure then on, on Doublelift to be the primary shot caller. Um, I don't want to see him on Jin anymore. I think his Jin's pretty mediocre. It's not great. Let's get him on something else, even though I understand that this is like your primary strategy of what you want to do. Um, and it gives him a lot of ability to kind of dictate the game from, from sitting kind of farther back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that... They're doing pretty well. I think that the combination of Svenskaren and Bjergsen is incredibly strong in the early game. It's really getting them out ahead of some of these other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some issues with with Splice where 
they, again, Doublelift does this thing where I'm going to go off and solo farm lanes and I'm going to die to Balzar because I don't have a QSS and Twice. don't have words and I Twice. expect my team to be with me at all times. And yeah, that's inexcusable. Um, but then the game, I feel like the, the this closeness of the Splice series and the game that they lost against Royal was Bjergsen being like, I'm, or it was Doublelift being, I'm Doublelift. I don't need to respect anyone. I'm the, I'm the best. Everyone else is trash. He got the fan from the Chinese media that said, like, everyone else is trash. That was kind of cute. Um, I think he's eating a, eating a slice of humble pie. I think he realizes that he cannot treat everyone with such disrespect because if they get the two seed... They're guaranteed EDG, SKT, or Rocks. It's pretty much a guarantee. And granted, you have to beat one of those. You probably have to beat two of those teams to win the world championship. But let's wait another round. Like, get to the semifinals. I want to watch you guys play live in New York City. Like, that would be fantastic. <laughs> please, please do that for my sake. That's um, true. So Walter and I will be there live at the uh, Madison Square Garden for the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, which will actually be the first time we meet in person, which will be funny enough. We'll have to do something live together since we'll be in the same room. I don't know we'll what do, we're going to do. do. Sort of like, we'll put something on Twitter or something. But I think, I think they're going to yell at Doublelift and be like, dude, you're not, you're not one. You're, you can't 1v5. Like, respect, respect everyone. They can beat you. Any loss right now can really screw us over um, and probably get them off the gym. I think that's, that's the two things TSM are going to do. And while I don't think they're going to necessarily 3-0, um, I think they're going to make it out as the number one seed. I think they are the strongest of the of the four teams in this group. I, Just it, mainly because of Svenskeren, because Svenskeren has been holy crap. He is Svenskeren's arguably been, been a top, you know, the top jungler at Worlds. Just high, high impact. Okay, I was going to say this is what Twitch Chat is saying now too, and I'm I I, I want to agree with them. I, get, I think they I think it might be right. I get nervous when people say that, man, because first of all, we're ignoring the fact that. Uh, that that ambitions had some great games. We're ignoring the fact that you know Karza has had some great games. We're ignoring the fact that Clearlove, for all of his deficiencies, has had some incredible plays. Uh, Peanut has been you know maybe less than we would expect. I I have a feeling that some people are going to jump up the ladder. Uh, it, it's hard for me to believe that Svenskeren is the best jungler at this tournament, just because he's. He's a guy that has clear strengths and weaknesses. This meta is very nice for him, for the record. And I love watching him play. I just think there's going to be a little bit of a come down to earth for him. But in the same way, I expect to come back to where I expect to be from Bjergsen as well. I think Bjergsen's going to get better. I think that, you know, regardless of whether you believe in the Cygnus or Lot, I think the Orianna loss to RNG, they left something on the table there. That was a pick and ban. You know, they did not trust Bjergsen to hard carry that game. And we've seen Oriana really not do well at this Worlds. And even if Svenskeren takes the teeniest of a step back, I think Bjergsen, when he's playing champs like Syndra, when he's playing things like Cassiopeia, when he's playing champions where he can make the difference, guy's terrifying. There's a reason that even Faker said, yeah, Bjergsen's the NA Faker. And it's not just because he loves getting Western fans to shower even more praise on him. Like, it's genuinely... He's an amazing talent, and, and the fact that he does all of this while also being the primary shot caller, while also being able to organize all these things, you know, and make sure that, you know, Hanser's potential solo lane weaknesses, if it's been a big problem, I certainly haven't noticed it. It didn't come up against Samsung. It certainly didn't come up against Splice, which we'll get to later, but, you know, you could argue maybe Looper take, took advantage of him a little bit. But you're right. I mean, I, I took the question, and it's an eternal question, is... Will Doublelift learn to respect his opponents? And history says, no. No, he will not. Doublelift, you know, there was a great tweet, and I forget who made it, I, and I apologize for not crediting you properly, but there was a tweet where someone you know, said of Doublelift, uh, when you think you're trash but still think you're better than everyone else, and it's a trash bag that's like golden sheared, while everyone else is just a regular black trash bag. Like, I genuinely think that's Double Lift's mindset. Like, I know I make mistakes. Who cares? But everyone else will make even more, so it's fine. It, does, it doesn't matter. And that's, that's something that's just been put into his DNA at this point. He has played League for so long. I think the idea that you're going to work that out of who Double Lift is as a player is unlikely. And I will not be surprised if Samsung and if Royal Never Give Up try to attack that this week. But if they can't, TSM wins the group the way I predicted they did. And that one loss to RNG, 
doesn't shake me from it. Partly because I didn't think that the pick and ban was the best that that Yarg is or, or not Yarg Parthas put out there. Excuse me. Um, and second, because I think that at the end of the day, RNG played such a weirdly restrained game. I don't think anyone would have expected that play style from Royal Never Give Up, given what we'd seen previously. And that's the next team we have to talk about is, you know, of all the teams that are going to be seeking revenge here, that are going to be trying to, you know, really put their stamp on Worlds and, and show that their region deserves to have, you know, all the respect and accolades that they got heading into it. Right now, it's Royal Never Give Up. I mean, they've been playing, you know, with the exception of that Samsung loss, they've been playing at an incredibly high level uh, and with a much more macro play than we're used to for them. What are you seeing from Royal Never Give Up as far as, uh, you know, what they've done so far and the kind of things that you expect them to carry on to next week? So, you know, the the thing about... Royal was that the, the the first two games they've been incredibly strong on the bottom side and Ambition and Samson really said, okay, we're going to go after you on the bot and Mata and Uzi kind of played a little iffy. They, got, they gave up the double kill and once that happened, they just couldn't play their normal aggressive in-your-face sort of style. They really had to tone back on it. Um, so I don't see them giving up a, a double kill first blood again against Samson. I think they stand a very good chance at, at Winning that game, and I think most of the teams in this group are going to alternate their losses. Like, I, I can see Samsung coming back and beating TSM. I can see Royal beating Samsung. I can see TSM beating Royal. Um, it just kind of comes down to what do I think is more likely, and Samsung seems like the team that has the biggest weaknesses, where RNG, it just felt like they just fell behind and they don't know how to play from behind, which is kind of definitive of their their summer season. They had a really hard time playing from behind when they fell apart. Um, MLXG tends to have some troubles to, you know, when his lanes aren't winning, they aren't crushing, they aren't super aggressive. Except so, against TSM, which is a game where they were losing in lane. Yeah, they that's... were losing for like 30 to 35 minutes of that game. And to yeah. me, this is the thing that makes RNG terrifying. Um, first of all, Mata exists. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, people were sleeping on Mata. We're like, yeah, you know, he's a great support. We always know he's a great support. But, you know, this is even something I said when I was previewing them for our, pre you know, during our preview series. You know, I was like, well, you know, Uzi's really talented and Mata's really talented, but they're kind of on different wavelengths. You know, they don't necessarily agree on how the game should be played out. And they really needed to sit down and figure it out. And I think they had the conversation because they figured it out in that, in that TSM game. They had no problem seeding, you know, certain jungle objectives, certain towers, certain dragons, and just saying, we know that when we get to X, X point in the game, we can win every team fight. Because Mata is going to land every single Alistar combo and just single-handedly tear the game apart. Or the Nami bubble or whatever it was. Like, they have yeah. trusted in him throughout this tournament. And, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. The, the one loss they have is a Samsung Galaxy, who we'll get to in a second. And, and it was the support change, I think, that made the biggest difference in that regard. But this is a Royal Never Give Up team that is genuinely intelligent. This is not a see person kill person. <laughs> and I know calling them genuinely intelligent sounds like a backhanded compliment because it implies that they weren't. It kind of before. is. But you know what? I don't take it back. <laughs> you know, this is not a team that played smart. That 3-0 loss to EDG in the LPL finals was embarrassing and it should be taken as such. Um, but they have figured it out. Uzi looks great. Mato looks like he's in that best support in the world role again. Like that, that very easily yeah. could be a thing. And, you know, MLXG and Looper, the synergy's there. I'm not so sold on Xiaohu. And I think that's the problem they have against TSM the second time around, is if Bjergsen's put on a carry and they just sent, tell Svenskaren, like, look, your job is to get Bjergsen to a point where he is just bullying Xiaohu all game long. Yep. I don't know what RNG's answer to that is. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree. I think that... Uh... It's something that TSM is. It can be very successful when Bjergsen goes on to more of a supportive role. We've seen it with the Lulus in the past. Um, I don't like it. He's your superstar. Put him on a superstar champion. Don't rely on him having to hit Orion ult. Like, let him go carry. Yeah. We've seen that his Cassiopeia is extremely strong. We've seen that his Cinder is extremely strong. His Varus has been good in the past. His Jace is probably pretty good. Like, yeah. let's let him carry. I understand that he was sick and he wanted to take some of the pressure off of him. 
he's got to be your primary carry because if you put all your gold into the double lift basket and he does this stupid, I'm going to go off by myself and push side lanes, bull again, it's going to cost you some games. So mm-hmm. let, let's go all in on the Bjergsen basket, which is the guy that you brought in first and the guy that you built this entire organization team around. And he's the guy that signs off on, well, yeah, okay, we can go get double lift. I guarantee you Bjergsen had to be like, yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, so, no, Bjergsen yeah. has the keys to the kingdom, so to say. Um, but, you know, we, we're saying all this stuff about TSM, and we're saying all these things about Royal Never Give Up, and, you know, we have, a, you know, t- the Twitch chat w- winning some games again, rightfully pointing out that one of RNG's weaknesses is that you know exactly the type of team they're going to be. Uh, they don't play around Jiaohu, mostly because I don't think they can. They don't really play around Looper, even when he's on the kind of top players that can have an impact. They don't, they haven't needed to yet. But the other team in this group that's at two and one is Samsung Galaxy. And this is one of the things you talked about in the preview, how much smarter this team looked with Core JJ at the helm. And for whatever reason, in the first two games, they played Wraith. And I understand that Wraith has technical skill. There are going to be some LCK people who are like, you don't understand. Wraith had some great games in all these places. And, and that's totally fine. I accept that and I understand it. However, Core JJ just seems to call this team so much better. And they seem to be making such smarter rotations and really punishing these other areas of the map. And you say they don't need it? They needed it against Samsung in the last game of, uh, of that, you know, that series of Group D, and they didn't have it. And Samsung was just able to outsmart them and out-rotate them because they knew what RNG needed to do to win and were able to prevent that. Do you think that Samsung is going to stick to that core JJ plan and let his shot-calling dictate the day for them? Oh yeah, they're going to stick to Core JJ. I think absolutely they've realized that the the laning proficiency that Rafe gives them against these kind of players, uh, it, it's just not enough. It's not enough for this team, and they've shown that they play much much better when Core J is a Core JJ is at the helm. Core JJ is probably the one that said, "Hey, Skarner, come on, and we can we can kill these guys. We can force some flashes. Like we forced, you know, we forced Summoner spells earlier. Like come on down and let's uh, let's take care of this." So, you know. We'll, we'll we'll see because the deficiencies that he does have in laning can be exploited by Royal Royal if they don't get that kind of early lead off of the double kill. Yes. Um. But that being said, I feel like they have deficiencies. Crown, while he is a very uh good kind of uh, he's a very good mid laner on certain champions on certain control champions. Um, he can be exploited, especially from very repetitive gank. Uh, ganks from Senskaren especially was very very effective with it I think that's where MLXG is gonna have to put a little bit more pressure is in the mid lane and not in the top lane just to prevent the roaming to get a lot of wards around him and just not let him wander around the map with ambition and then Samsung Kuve is just Kuve reminds me of Dyrus where you just leave him on his own and uh you just hope he doesn't just completely and totally continue to die because Looper was able to kind of fight him 1v1 yes. and, and get you know get a lead. And I think Haunters can do that and get a lead. And Wonder can even do that and get a lead, although we'll talk uh, about Splices in a moment. <laughs> I was going to say, so, <laughs> let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> so uh, Samson, I'm just not sold on. I think they have some bigger, sh- bigger weaknesses than, than the other teams. Even though RNG only has that one-dimensional play style through the bottom lane, um, I think second time around against Samsung, they're not going to let Ambition just come down and dictate that. I think MLXG will change his jungle pathing ability to make sure that Uzi and Mata are protected and can you know make it to like level five or six without jungle intervention. Yeah, I mean, and that's very much in play. I, I think that uh, certainly they're going to you know we we have great coaches on both sides of this. I mean, these are two organizations that have a very prestigious history in League of Legends. Season four world championship was Samsung White and Royal Never Give Up, right? Like this is, these are the the or actually no yeah it was it was Starhorn Royal Club at the time. Um, yeah, it was it was still these two organizations just before the Royal Never Give Up name change. Um, yeah, but you know these they know how to adjust. They have coaches that are intelligent that understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and that are going to be able to battle back. And honestly, I don't think that. You know, if any of these teams underestimate the other's ability to adjust to what happened the first time around, that's what's going to get these teams in trouble. 
And, and to me, this is one of those things where it, it, there might be infinite tiebreakers in Group D if we're in, <laughs> in an ideal world. Like, all of these teams can take games off of each other that we've talked about. They all have either the skill or the understanding of the macro game or, you know, whatever that combination of the two that we define TSM as where they're kind of, you know, they don't quite have, you know, have someone in a motto who, you know, or an Uzi that is just so above and beyond that they alone can win a game, but they have more team play. Uh, you know, it, it, all three of them are really good. And that's what makes Group D so much fun. It, it's what yeah. makes it so, you know, when we look at some of the teams that, you know, you and I have disagreed upon, I think we can both agree that Group D is filled with talent until we get to Splice. And I picked Splice to go 0-6. I still pick Splice to go 0-6. I, I, I almost don't want to talk about this team because there's nothing that I can say that's going to be fun. And as much you know as I, I like Tomato Canyon for his uh, history <laughs> as the former head coach of Rocket, um, and I like the fact that they took a relegations team to second place in the uh, spring split. I mean, a summer split, I should say, after being in relegations in the spring. I, you know, to, to me, it's a matter of if anything is going to break this group and break our analysis completely wide open, it's going to be yep. if Splice grabs a game. Uh, yeah. So, Walter, can Splice grab a game? And if so, what does that look like? I, I think it would be off of Samsung. And that's why I think that Samsung's going to be the odd man out. Uh, because Wonder versus Kuve is definitely... I, Wonder has not been playing well. Mm-hmm. He has been pretty, pretty poor this tournament. I will 100% agree. But I think that is Splice of Road to Victory. So you're Much saying like that Kled's charge in that game one was not ideal. Is that what you're saying? I would not play Kled <laughs> again. No, I, I wouldn't play Kled. Um, but I think, I, I think on like Kennen or Nar, it could be a very, very strong pick. And I think Trashy needs to go there. I think he needs to realize that that Senkux versus Crown would be a pretty is pretty even matchup, and just tell Kabi and Mickey, you know, play, play straight, play smart, don't do anything too stupid. Make sure you're really well warded. Give up a couple CS if you're not sure where ambition is, and he needs to go top it. Him and Wonder, they need to just basically make Kuve's day a living hell. They need to make him miserable. They need to kill him over and over and over again and get Wonder to the point where, okay, Wonder is going to do what he did all of the European year, which is I'm going to split push. I'm going to split push. And your top laner isn't strong enough to beat me. So you're going to have to send someone up here to stop me as well as your top laner. And now it's a 4v3 across the rest of the map, and my four players are smarter than your three players and are going to take objectives because that's what they did all throughout Europe. Yeah. And any time they had trouble, it was because Wonder didn't go off. Wonder got held down. Well, that's the problem that they are facing. Well, and they and the other problem they're facing. You're assuming that they're four are smarter than the other guys three, and I'm not sure that's true when you're playing some of the smartest teams at this tournament right now. I would never have said that about Royal Never Give Up going in, but after that TSM game, we have to include them in the list of really intelligent teams. Mm-hmm. And Splice has no experience. None of these guys it's have been on the true. world stage before. These guys almost lost a best of five to the Unicorns of Love. The Unicorns yeah. of Love were a game away from being here instead. Like that is I not a, you're you're not allowed to call yourself a macro intelligent team when that <laughs> happens. You're just not. You you have to yeah. turn in your macro play card as soon as that happens. Um and, and at the end of the day, like I can see a world in which they try to get Wonder ahead, but the problem is that this is not Trashy's meta. Trashy does really well. He is a guy, you know, I say that, you know. There, there are some other junglers like Bengi that would definitely benefit from having more of, you know, a Gragas or whatever, you know, that supportive style jungler. Trashy needs it. Yeah. Because yes. guess what? This is the exact meta that got, you know, Trashy basically sent back to Europe from North America after enemy just went down the tubes. Like, this is exactly what that looked like. And we're seeing it now, except it's on a world stage. So it's like 20 times worse. Like, yeah. I just... And, 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 you know, on the one hand, like, he's had enough time in his career. He should have learned how to play one of these champions. Mm-hmm. But he can't. And if he can't, how do you get Wonder ahead? Well, you can have Senkux roam. And he's been trying to roam in Cassiopeia. But that has been just such a mixed bag. You know, for every roam where you're like, oh, he made a good play there. That's awesome. They got two kills to one. That was a nice trade. Now they have some pressure in the bot lane. 
you then get the, oh, and now he's being collapsed upon, and now three of Splice's members just died because they all kind of came in one by one, or he just roams and gets killed because they don't have vision control because their vision has entirely dropped off. And again, I chalk that up to inexperience uh, on the world stage. They're just not yeah. playing to the level that they were. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's very hard for me to imagine Splice doing these things even though they, you know, and, and the sad part is, like, the, the one thing you'd point to, like, well, they did take a game off of G2. Well, that's not saying much anymore. So I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in them. Hopefully, you guys really enjoyed the show here. Um, you know, for those of you who are listening at home, uh, we, do, we will do more of these. You should go to twitch.tv slash roughdraftspodcast. I would like to do these live every week going forward, <laughs> just the, the pure preview ones. I think it's a lot of fun. I love seeing the uh the twitch reaction with you uh with you guys i love being able yeah. to to type in some of the memes it's the only thing that kept me from trying to strangle walter through the computer screen during the ahq section so i appreciate you guys um obviously there are going to be things you uh agree with and and disagree with on on both of our analysis if, if there weren't then we wouldn't be doing our job right so you should definitely let us know on social media uh the podcast itself is at rough drafts pod that's where we do all our live tweeting uh our individual Twitters. I'm at RedShirtKing. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? you? You guys can find me just absolutely crushing LMS fans' hopes and dreams just by calling them a terrible region and not giving them any respect at C80s underscore LOL. For the record, if anyone's going to crush the LMS's hopes and dreams, it's the LMS. Thank you very much. Flash Wolves are doing just fine crushing our hopes and dreams. They don't need your help. But uh, you should also know, people who are watching the live stream, we do a ton of other content throughout the week. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there will be four podcasts that you'll probably wake up to, depending on what time zone you're in, uh, You know that we will be breaking down the lo- gambling lines for that day's uh, action, as well as making our predictions for each individual game. Uh, we love doing our Guest Alliance pods. They're kind of smaller bits, you know, kind of more in the 20 to 25 minute range is our goal for the week. So, you know, they're a little bit more digestible. And if you like our content, you should definitely check that out as well as all the other previews and podcasts we did. Uh, YouTube.com, if you search for Rough Drafts Pod, we're just a few subscribers away from having a definitive URL. So we really appreciate that. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Esports Rough Drafts if you want to subscribe on there. If you prefer the audio only version of these things, you can take it on the go. And of course, if you're using an iPhone or anything else, it is, uh, you can search for Rough Drafts Podcast on the iTunes section there, and you will find us. Uh, of course, now we're going to cut off this recording for the lovely listeners at home and go on to a Q&A section with you lovely people in our chat here. We want to hear what you want to know. So if you have any questions for us, start typing them in now. Walter and I are going to process through, and we're going to answer the best questions you guys have until... We get tired of answering questions. So all you podcast people, goodbye, Internet.